0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Go! The Bulls win They win it! Pippen runs down the lane, dumps it out the horse, packs
1: him for three. Yeah! yeah.
0: Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it. Me step back and kiss myself. Oh, my MVP gosh. MVP When the city assassin does it again.
1: We're back after an all-star break of our own. The all-star game was uh it was not great. Not a great thing in Indiana. I mean, it was a good turnout. It seemed like the entire league was in Indianapolis for that game. But now we are back for the. They call it the second half of the season. It's the final twenty-seven games. Getting some expectations, maybe some buyout targets on today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host Nick Schultz, alongside my partner, former Bulls bench Bob member and Tennessee ball CJ Watson. CJ, final stretches here, man. The All-Star break is coming, gone. Trade deadlines coming, gone. Bulls are still in this thing, top ten, but. It be an interesting 27 games here.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they you know uh finish out the rest of the season. Uh is it is gonna are they gonna finish on the high note or a low note, or just just stay, you know, kind of mid mid-level?
1: Yeah, it's are they gonna finish on a high note, low note, or are they just gonna finish up? Like it's gonna be something like that. I don't know <laughs> what to expect over these last couple months here, but we're gonna get into a few different possibilities. Also, the injuries still not great. You know, dive into all of it after I tell you about our great sponsor, betonline.ag. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minutes, odd stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team, and remember to use our promo code Believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. Get that 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline. It's where the games start. Don't forget, too, we have an official T-shirt of our show, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, exclusively at shop.believe.com. There's a lot of great stuff there to support the rapidly growing list of shows on the network. The official shirt for our program, though, is Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, campaign-style T-shirt, shop.believe.com. The links in my social media bios. Speaking of Jordan Pippen, Michael's coming back to the United Center, I saw. Oh, Michael. Nice. He's going back for, for Chris, Ch- Chris Chelios. is getting his uh, Blackhawks number retired. So Michael's going to be there for that. He wasn't there for the Ring of Honor, though. But I guess, and I I, I don't don't know circumstances with that. But I I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. And then Scotty is part of this. I don't know if you saw this with the Last Dance. It was like Scotty, Horace Grant, and Luke Longley are kind of telling the other side of the story or something. So no shortage of no shortage of content there with those guys. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, we've got we got plenty on our end too, for sure. We'll start with the All Star game, though. I'm be honest with you, I didn't watch it. Like we watched Ted Lasso instead. I watched it with my parents. We're, we're almost done with it. So I can quit talking about being almost done with it. Like we just kind of, we break it up to watch it together, but I didn't watch the all-star game. I heard about it. I saw the score and uh, yeah, kind of probably a good thing that I was watching a great show.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I watched it. I mean, I I definitely, you know, was a, I'm a fan of the all-star game and stuff like that. Uh, But, you know, I think there's a lot of issues probably wrong with it. Uh, You know, I want to call it a glorified pickup game, but that wasn't even a pickup game. Uh, it was definitely, you know, uh, just guys out there, you know, uh, not playing any defense, which, uh, you know, fans want to go out there and see their best players play against each other, play hard against each other. And I think that's what the the league is lacking right now, uh, no, competit- no competitiveness in the All-Star game. And, uh, you know, other than that, I think uh, I love the three-point contest. Uh, Dame doing what he did. Uh, Steph versus Sabrina, I think that was the highlight of the weekend. Uh, you know, showing that women can compete with men and, uh, you know, just do it is just as, as good, if not better. Uh, she was definitely close. Uh, I definitely was pulling for Steph because I was one was a former team. And I just think he's the best shooter ever. So, you know, but I definitely love the way Suprina put on for the women and uh, for their for the WNBA.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I didn't get to watch much of the skills challenge stuff either. I had a friend in town. So i like I was total I was a bad basketball fan this weekend <laughs> I just did not watch did not watch any of it but I did catch a little bit of stuff versus Sabrina I'll be honest with you I was pulling for Sabrina just because I wanted to like it, I've been writing a lot about Caitlin Clark yeah. over down Three so it's kind of the attitude like hey they're really good too like obviously yeah. Steph's the greatest shooter to ever live even if Sabrina beat him mm-hmm. I don't think we'd be I don't think it'd be a debate yeah. but I think just seeing if Sabrina would have beat him I was hoping that maybe would have changed how we talk about right women's basketball like because it's yeah i mean what if you haven't watched games and i know you do but like if our listeners out there if you haven't watched women's basketball it's great fundamental basketball it's really fun to watch and they're yeah. really talented
0: Oh yeah, definitely for sure. I think they have they're more talented than men, you know, because they play the game with more fundamentals, like you said. And uh, I just I just love watching, you know, anything basketball, women's or men. And I definitely think you know more people need to get into women's and support the women. That's why the that's why their their game, the business isn't as good as as the men's men's side. But you know, uh, I think more people are starting to catch on right now.
1: There's a Caitlin Clark effect going on for sure with Iowa, yeah. but even beyond Iowa, like there's. I mean, look at UConn, which by the way, Paige Breckers broke my heart last week, announcing she was returning <laughs> and not going not going for the draft. That means the sky will have to find something else to do at number three. But you've got Juju Watkins at USC. If if you somehow, if anybody out there gets the Pac 12 network somehow, first of all, congratulations on getting yeah. the Pac 12 network. But watch Juju Watkins play. She's amazing to watch. Oh yeah. You, there's there's a lot of names coming up through the college ranks that are gonna oh, yeah. be really good for the for the WNBA going forward.
0: Yeah, Juju Watkins is a future superstar, you know, and she's only a freshman. Uh, I wish, you know, women woman could leave early too because I'm definitely probably sure that she would probably, you know, be the number one pick maybe uh, or or two, uh, Caitlin Clark coming up. But she's definitely, you know, uh, primetime TV and, uh, you know, putting on a show right now at USC.
1: And, of course, half their games are on the Pac-12 network and nobody – I don't know anybody. <laughs> who actually, that's that's, that's a lie. I do know a couple people who get the Pac-12 network. Like, it is yeah. just, i i don't get it but i get i know people out east who somehow get it so i have no idea if you can find a way to watch her though i mean that she's special and i i think sabrina versus steph going going back to it like that was really good for that part of the conversation that like women's basketball is really good and people should buy stock in it and i hope they i hope they keep doing that doing something or something like that whether it's steph versus sabrina every year or you bring in like a like a Caitlin or you bring in a page or you bring yeah. in like a, a copper, like someone, if you, maybe they work that out, but either way, I think that was, that was special. The dunk contest was all right. Nothing. I, I was expecting more with Jalen Brown there, but good for Mac McClung, yeah. I guess. But yeah, you know, yeah, never, uh, weekend is what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's you no, know, mostly for the fans, but I'm not a big fan of the, the dunk contest because our stars are not really into it anymore. So I think that's where it kind of fell off, but I would love to see you know a team of WNBA players you know match up against NBA players and do a three point contest like Steph and Sabrina did. I think that would be cool you know every weekend and also just give them bragging rights.
1: I was doing some research about the dunk contest when I was writing a story at On Three. The last player to win the dunk contest who was also an All Star was John Wall in 2014, and that was when they had the fan voting. It was, yeah. So it's the stars that are playing in the game don't do the dunk contest, which is a shame because the dunk yeah, yeah. contest is one of my, it's one of my favorite things to watch. Cause I think, I think of Michael versus Dominique. Like, it, yeah, I, I know I'm a bad bulls fan saying this. Dominique should have won that. I'm just saying, Oh yeah, but I mean, that was a little before my time, but I've watched it enough times that like Nick should have won, but it yeah. is, what it is. but it, the dunk contest kind of lost its shine a little bit. And that's really sad.
0: Yeah, definitely sad. Cause like to say, we as fans want to see our favorite stars, uh, go out there and put on the show and then also, you know, I, I believe there's only so many dunks that you can really can do uh, with the basketball. I think every every dunk has pretty much been done so far, so it's kind of hard to uh you know, create a new dunk or, or get a 50 or or 49, 48. Uh, it's just hard in this climate when everything's been done already.
1: Well, I think too it's one of those things where I think is that when Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon did it and you can take your own spin on on different dunks. Like I think think of it like Music, when you have covers, you don't want to. Do, if you cover a song, you want to put your own personal touch on it. So, if you want to be like Blake Griffin and jump over a car, pick a different car or pick a truck yeah. or something and do put your own spin on it. But I, I don't know. I, I was hoping for more. I do know I have a couple friends down. I have a friend down in Indianapolis, and another one was visiting her, and they they we were FaceTiming, and they were both saying, "Yeah, it's packed down here. I'm like, yeah. yeah, everybody, the whole league is there." I remember when the all-star game was in Chicago, that was my senior year of college going downtown for class was a pain in the ass. Cause it was just so, so much traffic, but everybody was in town. So it's good that the entire league gets together and yeah. maybe and this is usually, I, I still think that that, that all-star weekend is what kind of kicked the tires on guard packs leaving and Arturo's going and Mark Eversley coming in because everybody's there. So maybe the, maybe this kind of lays the groundwork for some moves over the summer around the league. That's one of the good things about the weekend.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. I definitely think, you know, in the All-Star weekend brings the stars out. So, you know, all these guys are coming out and also have league meetings and stuff like that. So I definitely think that's a good thing right. too.
1: Yeah. And it, again, I wish the game was a little bit more of a spectacle, but we'll, we'll see if that changes. It feels like there's a yeah. lot of people who weren't happy with how things went this year. But now we're on to the last 27 games of the season. They call it the second half because usually the All-Star game is a halfway point, but this is definitely not the second half of the year. Uh, Bulls are 26-29 and 29 entering Thursday night's game against the Celtics. This podcast drops Friday. You have obviously know how that game ended. We do not yet. Uh, they're the ninth seed in the East. So when we talk about expectations after the trade deadline, and apparently if you're Arturis Karnaschobis, as long as you're over 500, you're fine. But my question is, can this team get over 500? I'm not sure about that
0: yeah i don't i don't know either i am definitely hoping and pushing that they can and that they will but uh you know they're gonna have a tough tie uh, i think they play tonight uh, against boston they gonna yeah. have a tough draft tonight you know and see where they stand after all star break uh to see like you know where their mental is at where their focus is at uh, but if they can get this win it could be a start of something great something good and they'll hopefully you know turn that into you know a couple a couple wins in a row
1: and it's gonna come down to opportunities as well like that's been the case all year, but when you're the nine seed you have to make the most of your opportunities because clearly they're playing for the play-in, which yeah. again, I would say they should be playing for the playoffs, but they didn't make any moves to improve the roster. So they're I don't know. I'm not getting back to that, but you're right in the middle of the play-in push. If you can get to the play-in, we saw what happened with Miami last year, and that better not be what our tourists was banking on. When the same right. state, put, when he didn't do anything, he better not be banking on that, yeah. but it can happen. And if you can get some momentum going, you never know.
0: Yeah. If they can get some momentum, you know, like I said, get a couple wins in a row. I think that'll be, you know, that will gain their confidence, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, get these guys back healthy and get a full roster back, back together, you know, for this last 20, 27 game stretch and, uh, you know, go into the, 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 the plans, you know, with a with a with a swagger and a confidence.
1: Well, they're going to be going through it shorthanded right now because Patrick Williams is still out with the foot injury. Foot is it foot edema? I think is how you pronounce it. <laughs> I don't, I am not a doctor. I was a journalism major. Like, don't even, I would not even try to get that right. But it, basically, he's dealing with, he's still dealing with the foot. And I don't know when he's coming back. And as if the All Star weekend wasn't rough enough, Tori Craig got hurt during all-star weekend, and he wasn't even down there. I don't know what he did, but he hurt his knee. He's out two to four weeks now. The epitome of this year is what I just said with Tory Craig's injury, especially, but Patrick Williams as well. It feels like whatever could go wrong will go wrong this year. And this just continuing that trend.
0: Yeah, I think the health has been the, the main reason, you know, they haven't really kind of met expectations, which uh, I guess aren't weren't that high, I guess, from us <laughs> a little bit uh, throughout the season and beginning of the year. But, you know, I think definitely, you know, if they can get healthy, they can you know make a push. They have some veterans who've been there and done that, uh, been, you know, been and seen everything. So I definitely think that would help, you know, coming towards uh, like playoff time.
1: Yeah, our expectations this year were not. <laughs> we said that beginning of the year like it i would have been surprised if they were a playoff team i expect the play-in team and we're getting a play-in team yeah right now at least that's what it looks like and they're again the nine seed in the east so you're and there's a couple games up on atlanta as of thursday when play resumes around the league but if they're happy being a play-in team fine but the bigger issue at hand here with the injuries to patrick williams and tory craig is uh really power forward on the roster is alex caruso so is yeah. this where the deep into the buyout market you think or do you just try and get by and go small
0: yeah i definitely think you know you want to try and look at the buy-in market see if there's anything out there that can definitely help your team uh, especially with the health issues right now uh, but you gotta you know uh, the league is going you going small but at this rate you know you can't play you know caruso at the four and think that's going to going to help you know going against these boston teams the philadelphia's uh the miami heats of the world so definitely got to try to get better at some point and uh you know hopefully get out good all your guys back
1: see my my argument to that i i counted that by saying you can get away with caruso at the four yeah the, the, the problem i have is you have no one behind him. yeah you have no backup power forward unless you again unless you go really small or you can go with the two bigs like you can. I'm perfectly fine going with Vooch and Drummond. Like, Billy's done that a couple times this year. Like, it's kind of old school. It's not yeah. exactly where the league's going right now, but you got to make, you got to play the hand you're dealt. And right now, you've got not great hand.
0: Yeah, you got to have depth in the in the in the NBA. That's that's definitely what's going to help you get get along and get out throughout the season. And if you don't have that, you know you're going to be short a lot, and we're seeing that with the Bulls right now with injuries and stuff like that, and uh, also with you know kind of, I guess just in- inexperience. And a lot of these guys are inexperienced that are getting in the game that can't really help you, but it's going to be good for them hopefully down there in their line of their career.
1: See, that's the other reason why I'm not sure about a playoff push and why they're gonna make maybe play for the play in is because these guys gotta get experience under their belts. Like I think Julian Phillips is coming along better way better than I thought he would. Dalen Terry seems like he's kind of taking that next step. He's now he's figure out the three-point shot, but he's getting there. He can jump out of the freaking building. Io has come along. It felt like wasn't sure how that was gonna go at the beginning of the year, but Io is coming around and now i guess development's your focus yeah right even because you, you, you can balance development with a play-in push
0: yeah definitely for sure yeah i think these guys getting experience will help them out uh you know like i said down the road but but right now and like i said we don't know the plan for the bulls uh we wish we could does anybody know the
1: plan for I don't, the bulls
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so i think we're all just kind of winging it and hopefully you know we get the playing game and and kind of just go from there but you know if we had a plan and knew the plan i guess we could kind of better you know uh Get along with the planet and kind of make do
1: uh if anybody can figure out what this team's doing let us know and then you have an open invitation to come on the pod too like i <laughs> this team this team is so stuck in the muck with everything and maybe that's why i'm not even sure do you go through with this roster you got now do you jump in the buyout market because we talked about joe harris last week i think joe harris would be a great fit on this team but yeah. with what i just told you about the injuries at the four it's almost worth looking at a power forward to come in. And that's why guys like Marcus Morris is a name that I thought of when I went through who's available on the buyout market. Davis Bertans, maybe not going to be your, you know what you're getting on defense with that, but he's a big body who can fill the spot. Now the bulls have $1.7 million before they hit the tax. They're not going into the tax. They never (laughs) go into the tax. It's just a fact. So you can get one of these guys. And I, it's, it comes down to what do you what do you prioritize? Depth at the power forward spot or the shooting and veteran presence that a guy like maybe Joe Harris would bring? Because I think Joe Harris would fit like a glove. We said that last week.
0: Yeah, definitely, for sure. And I definitely think, you know, shooting is one of their main options that they need to get better at, you know, either now and definitely in free agency. So just those guys you mentioned, uh, Marcus Morris, Bertans, they bring shooting, they bring veteran leadership, so and toughness too uh, with Marcus Morris. So definitely one of those guys and uh, for, for depth and for, for veteran leadership to help uh, bring these young guys along.
1: See, of those two names, I think Marcus Morris would be the one I'd go after because, again, that toughness piece that you just mentioned, yeah. I think that would be – he would be – Okay, so last year when Pat Bev came in from the buyout market, we weren't sure how that was going to go. Just position-wise, didn't, I didn't think it made total sense, but we knew what you were getting from a mental standpoint. With Marcus Morris, he fills a need because you need to power forward right now. And you get the tough mentality. Like, I think that would be comparing it to the Pat Bev fit last year. Now, Pat Bev, that paid off. Obviously. Yeah. It, it worked. Marcus Morris, I think, would come in and be an easier fit with the current roster.
0: Yeah. yeah, I definitely think so. And he helps you your overall, your overall game plan, I think, too. He can stretch the floor, shoot the three, create his own shot. So I definitely think that kind of matches up more when you compare him with like a Drummond or, or a Vooch uh when they're playing together.
1: Yeah, and I think putting putting him out there with like a Drummond would be interesting because, uh, because Drummond's gonna he he's gonna get you 11, yeah. 12 rebounds in his sleep. And yeah, he's yeah. had. He right. has something. Like if you put a guy like Marcus Morris next to him, like you said, that helps with spacing and it, it kind of allows for, it allows you to do more even when you have a big guy out there. Cause I, I, as much as I love Andre Drummond, like I, I know I was talking about trading him and at the trade deadline and everything, which it sounds like there was a deal where they could have gotten three seconds and the bulls backed out. I still don't know what that's all about, but I love Andre Drummond, but when it comes to shooting from more than two feet away, here's <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely very limited on offensively. You know, you got to give him a lob or you know give him a, a easy easy scoop pass. But definitely, you know, that defensive end, he's gonna give you everything you need and probably more. Uh, like you said, rebounding. You know, uh, and then offensively, you know, he just wants to set picks and uh and roll to the rim. So you know what you're gonna get out of him. And I definitely think that's what uh that's all you need from a center in now in today's game.
1: For my Loyola people that are listening to this, it reminds me of when Cameron Crutley was a freshman or sophomore at Loyola, and Porter Moser would always tell him Crut. You're two feet away, shoot it. If you're not, too, if you're more than two feet, don't shoot it. And then he developed right. the jump shot. Like right. that's what that's what I think of him. Like with Drummond, if you're if you're not two feet away from the rim, don't shoot it.
0: Like yeah. He's,
1: he's gonna he's gonna he gets rebounds. He gets rebounds for breakfast. Like yeah. that's what that's what makes him so good. And I do I do like the idea of Vooch and Drummond playing together. Like I, I'm old school. It's just it's how I am. I like old school basketball. It's yeah. I can't help it. But I yeah. know with the modern game, you need a stretch four. So that's. And I don't get me wrong, Davis Bertans would be a good addition too, because he provides that shooting lift. Like he can, right. I think of the two, he's he's a much better three-point shooter than Marcus Morris is. Yeah. Not, maybe not much better, but he's better, he's a better three-point shooter. Yeah, definitely but for sure. If you if you bring in, if you bring him in, you know what you're getting on the defensive end. It's not not great, but yeah. it's not bad. With Morris, you get a guy who can kind of he'll lock you down. He's gonna he won't get in your head necessarily, like Pat Bett right. did. But he can do a little bit more with the intangibles, I think. Yeah. If I if I'm picking a guy in the buyout market, that's not named Joe Harris, it's Marcus Morris.
0: Yeah, definitely for sure. I think they all bring something different, and it just depends on you know what you need for your team. Uh, Like I said, I think Bulls definitely need shooting. They need toughness. Uh, They need a a veteran uh, presence in the locker room too. So you know, Marcus Morris would definitely fit that. You know that to a T.
1: Hell, they've needed shooting the last two years. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Every, the last two years, we've talked about how they have needed to go get someone who can knock down open shots, who can do this and that. We were told Javon Carter and Torrey Craig would do that. Well, Torrey Craig can't stay on the court because he's been hurt. And Javon Carter kind of fell out of the rotation. So, I, who knows what's going to happen here over this final stretch. But, I mean, last, remember, on the trade deadline day, our tourists pointed to the record of, what, 14-9 and nine after the trade deadline? As a reason why, like, oh yeah, you see what we did after the deadline last year, and we didn't do anything. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna root for him. Don't get me wrong. I want him to go win. But I'm just saying, I'm not happy with how they're handling it.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Uh, hopefully, they can you know figure this thing out, and everyone can get healthy, and you know just try to just just get over this hump, and you know, and uh, the GM and front office can make make, make better choices and decisions to, for the better betterment of the future of the Bulls.
1: I still think this draft is kind of why the decisions were made the way they yeah. were because we were I, – I went through uh, Johnson Jonathan Gavoni Jonathan and Jeremy Wu did a mock draft for ESPN last week, and I was going through that, putting that together for on three. And I'm looking at the names, and I'm thinking, this isn't that great.
0: Yeah, um, who, are, who are these guys?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the top two picks in that mock were both French kids. Yeah, and yeah. The, the first college kid off the board was Rob Dillingham from Kentucky. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I love Rob Dillingham. He hit – did you see the Kentucky LSU game? Yeah, I watched
0: it over, yeah.
1: Oh, man, when he, he hit that shot – I know, obviously, what happened on the other end of the floor with Tyrell Ward making the game-winner at the buzzer. It was amazing. But you – go if go back and watch that shot Rob Dillingham made with the defender in his face and falling backwards. That was a big-time shot. Yeah. I love that kid. Now, depending on how the lottery goes, I don't think the Bulls are going to have a chance at him. But if it, it, – it, he's probably – your best option from a college standpoint. Yeah. So now it's going to be about free agency and the bulls are going to have to actually do something or maybe make a trade or actually move pieces around rather than stick with continuity and competitiveness.
0: <laughs> yeah. They can't stick with continuity and competitive, you know, and uh they definitely got to make some, make some moves and make some big splashes, uh, you know, to be able to shore up this team and make this roster way better than it is now.
1: Yeah, Way better than it is now. Yeah. It needs, it, there needs to be some work done. And we'll, we'll talk more about that probably end of next month, which we'll, I'm also going to keep an eye on when Mark Madness comes around, some of these guys, they could target in the draft because the bulls have a first round pick this year. feels like it's been way too long since they have, but they have a first round pick this year. So there's going to be some talent coming in it just comes down to what are they going to do with it? But some other, another team that made a big move recently as we go around the league here, the bucks, when they moved on from Adrian Griffin, um, we're three and seven since doc rivers took over and the offense is struggling so not should we be worried about milwaukee right now or are we kind of waiting for the playoffs for them
0: i definitely think uh we're still you know uh, a little worried but you know uh definitely i think doc taking over the team is going to take a take a minute uh maybe you know a couple more months just to see how they respond to him and uh what adjustments he's going to make um i definitely think um just the, the stars got to take control of that team. They definitely got to be leaders of that team. And if they're not going to be leaders, you know, they're going to have an early exit in the playoffs. So, but I, I definitely think, you no, know, it's going to be something to, just to watch, you know, from, from week to week and, uh, you know, probably month to month.
1: Yeah. Cause we knew a coach taking over midseason is not easy, like, yeah. especially when it's not an interim. Like this is a full time coach coming in midseason. Yeah. You knew it'd be rough. Didn't expect him to lose to the Grizzlies level, right. rough, but <laughs> it's not great. But yeah. like, I, I'm not overly concerned just cause again, with the way the league is going, it comes down to the playoffs. Like, yeah. it's not like Milwaukee is on the border of, or oh, are they going to make the, are they going to fall to the play in? Or are they going to make the playoffs? They're still the three seed. Right. So what they do in the playoffs to me is going to be a little bit more important. And then maybe like, I, I feel weird doing this. Like, I'm not worried about what Milwaukee's doing right now. I'm worried how they look in a month and a half. How
0: right, they look yeah. in April. Is yeah. kind
1: of how April going into the playoffs will tell me what kind of job Doc's doing.
0: Yeah, and is he going to make the right adjustments during playoff time? Is he going to put Giannis and Dame in in uh, you know, good good spots and good uh situations, you know, come, you know, fourth quarter when teams are going to play better uh, you know, defense on them and uh, you know, kind of load up on Giannis. Uh, so how are going to get Giannis and, and Dame more open and get those other guys the ball also?
1: and i saw giannis was talking about his relationship with dame and how they get along well and he mentioned that like, it's his in the fourth quarter like the ball's going to him like so you got to balance dame time with with giannis and yeah. there's a lot more because we said that when griff took over was, there's a lot of personalities in that locker room and dame coming in when he did like right was it right as training camp started or after training camp started it was kind of it was kind of weird when yeah, dame yeah. came in be a trade so all around a weird year for the bucks now on paper that team seems unstoppable right yeah it's a matter of now what's doc going to do to shore this thing up on offense because the defense is coming around the defense was the big concern with griff right now it comes down to what is the offense going to find a groove and is this just a product of we had a coaching change in the middle of the year
0: right yeah yeah how are they going to get all those, those other guys uh brooke lopez get him the ball get portis the ball you know um, and then guys and their bench too, is their bench going to show up for them and, you know, have that depth that that you need to make a championship run.
1: Because you mentioned his name. I, I, but the rules say, I have to say I miss Bobby. So Bobby, <laughs> I, I miss Bobby. Crazy eyes. I, I miss yeah. him. Um, yeah. Those <laughs> eyes are yeah,
0: crazy. <laughs> oh
1: man. I I love Bobby. He, he was great. He was great in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Bucks are a team I'm watching going forward. And briefly here before we wrap up. So Early in the year when the Clippers traded for James Harden, we weren't sure how this was going to go. We weren't sure how it was going to fit with the roster, with the personalities they've got, et cetera, et cetera. Well, as the second half of the season gets underway, Clippers are two games back in the West. So it's safe to say, I think it's working out pretty well.
0: Yeah, this experiment is working out pretty well. I was definitely one of those guys that was definitely, you know, on the rocks about it, uh, especially with James Harden coming in and, and, and moving Russ to the bench. But it's definitely working out. Uh, these guys are all playing well at a high level, and uh, the Clippers are, you know, uh, if anyone has to pick a team to to get to the finals, I definitely you should be able to, you know, pick Clippers right now because they're on the roll.
1: Yeah, they're red hot, and that's the, that's a dangerous team. But they can keep this going through April. A team that's hot at the end of the regular season that's scary yeah playoff time so i i'm not all in necessarily i'm not putting all my chips in the middle of the table on the clippers yet but i gotta say for as someone who like you i was not sure how this was gonna go just with with raw but the the rust thing too but also just having that's a lot of because yeah james harden racks up the assist numbers You got a lot of ball dominant guys on that team
0: yeah yeah a lot
1: I was not sure how everybody was going to be get not, not necessarily getting along, but how it was all going to be balanced. Right. Tyloo Lou was doing a fantastic job.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's doing a great job. And I think the the ceiling for them or the, the judgment on them is going to be how they do in the playoffs. Is James Harden going to show up? Is all these guys going to, you know, uh, be able to get the ball and get their numbers and get their shots and be efficient and be effective? And I think that's the biggest thing for them, how they're going to do in the playoffs, what's going to happen, you know, they're gonna play good defense, bad defense. What's who's gonna show up, who's not? So I think that's the biggest thing for them.
1: Yeah, it's very similar to the Bucks. Like yeah. with, what, with what I'm looking at with the Bucks is like how are they gonna do come playoff time? And with the Clippers, I'm not as worried about it. Like I think if that if there was any other coach in charge of that team, yeah, it's not going as well as it is. I think Ty Lue is one of the better coaches in the league. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily put I I still think Eric Spoelstra is. Arguably may I put him top number one, number two. Just cause I'm yeah. a big big fan of Spo. I have been for a long time. But I, I think Ty Lue deserves a lot of credit for what the Clippers are doing. Just because again, we talked about everything on that roster in terms of the, the level of talent and the ball dominant guys managing all that and getting them to where they are after making that trade in season. Cause it was in season when that trade happened. I'm giving him his flowers. Bravo.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done a great job. I I agree with you. He's a, him and Spo are, are top top two in my league in my category too for best coaches in the league for the way they prepare, uh, the adjustments they make in game and you know and and definitely in in, in series and playoffs stuff like that. So I definitely think he sh- he doesn't get enough credit for turning that uh turning that ship around.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think the timing of the the timing of the Clippers' success here with because they're opening that new arena. Is it next year they're opening that new place? Is that the goal? Uh, yeah? I think so. Yeah, next year or the year after, they're opening this shiny new arena, and let me tell you, the mocks of that place—crazy.
0: That's gonna be
1: <laughs> that's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I, Steve Ballmer, the the phrase I like to use for stuff like this. Have, have you ever seen The Martian with Matt Damon? No. There's a there's a scene. It's uh, Donald Glover plays the character Rich Purnell, and he gets he draws up this plan to get the astronauts home, and the message comes across to NASA saying Rich Purnell is a steely-eyed missile man. Yeah. the bomber is a steely-eyed missile man when it comes to building the entertainment venue and stuff. Like, if you if you haven't looked at the mock-ups of what the Clippers are going to do next year, <laughs> it's it's interesting, and I think yeah. it's going to work. It's definitely an interesting... the The thing that stands out in my head is the wall that they're yeah. building where they want just all Clippers fans, like a college arena type. Yeah. Like as someone who loves college basketball, I'm all for it, but it, is that going to work in the NBA? Is this, it's just, again, he's a Celiad missile man. He's going to do it. It's yeah, going to be yeah. it, and with the Clippers success too. It's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, you never know. I think the the NBA and the pro level is definitely uh, missing that college kind of atmosphere, where it's just your home fans, you know, cheering for you, and, and uh, you know, being being a holes to the to the opposing fans and stuff like that, and opposing players. So I definitely think uh, it might work, but uh, I definitely love the the new arena, all the concepts, and uh, you know, he knows how to spend some money and make things great. And uh, I definitely think that's going to be one of the best, you know, arenas in the in the uh, NBA.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a fun, a fun atmosphere. And I think uh, when you said that, I think of something Nate Oates said at Alabama. This was a couple of weeks ago now. One of his assistants was always in the NBA, never coached at the college level. Yeah. And they played Auburn at Coleman in Tuscaloosa, and that was the game the lights went out. By the way. <laughs> and I guess the I forget which coach said it. he turned to him and goes, "You don't get this in the NBA." Yeah. You, I mean you got, I, I mean Alabama Auburn's a different animal. In both yeah, basketball yeah. and football, like it is just a completely different beast. But that type of energy in an NBA game, I'm here for it. I think that'd yeah, be a blast. Yeah. And if you can get people excited about Clippers basketball in Los Angeles, that's a yeah. job well done because that's not easy to do in LA. Get a, it because the Clippers feels like they kind of tend to take a backseat to the Lakers and even like the Dodgers and stuff. Yeah, if people can get excited about the Clippers, Steve Ballmer's doing a fantastic job.
0: Yeah, he's doing what he's supposed to do, you know. That's why he's probably one of the best owners in the league and in, uh, in probably all of sports because his uh, his passion to make that team great and just passion for the Clippers and to make them a household name, you know. Uh, besides, because they're probably like the little brother of the Lakers right now.
1: <laughs> he's definitely got the passion. He that guy. Yeah. I, I don't know how much coffee he drinks, but that is a big ball of energy. Like yeah. He, I I don't I don't know how he does it, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: I. Uh, Either on the court though the, watching the Clippers like that's a team I'm when, when it comes playoff time and we start thinking about like oh who's going to win the title and everything I got my eye on the Clippers like that like you said I think that's uh it could be a safe bet no well there's no safe bets in the NBA you tell me that every week but right. <laughs> you ground me pretty quick on that stuff.
0: It's, it's a good, it's a good bet. It's a sneaky bet, I guess.
1: A sneaky bet. I'm not <laughs> I'm not much of a betting man, actually. I am, but we're not talking. We're we're not talking about that right now because we're out of time. Uh good timing for that. Um, am gonna go ahead and tie a bow on today's episode of Believe in Bulls are on the believe. Now we're presented by betonline.ag. Use that promo code B-L-E-A V, get that 50% bonus at BetOnline and buy our shirt as well. Jordan Pippen I hit the last dance, shop that Believe.com. CJ, we are back to talking about games. Final stretch of the season's here, man. Hopefully we're talking about something exciting and maybe not me complaining about the trade deadline for another two months.
0: Yeah, this is a big stretch for the Bulls. You know, this is a big stretch where you got to stay focused, stay, stay mindful of what you're trying to do and your end goals for the for this for the for the team and hopefully they can, you know, get it together.
1: Yeah, I hope they do. I really hope they get it together. Um, and <laughs> I was going to use another phrase, but I don't want to hit the <laughs>
0: Uh,
1: But anywho, we will see everybody back here next week. Enjoy the weekend and uh, basketball's back. It's great. Yes,
0: sir. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.